0: Welcome to Gardening Talk back on 2 FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp.
1: Scott, great to see you back once again. Thank you. Good to be back. Everything well? Yes, everything's very, very well. Excellent. So, what do you got for us today, Scott? I thought we'd talk about today cast iron plants. Uh, pretty tough right. little plant you can have in there. Some people call it aspidistra. Well, that's its botanical name, so we probably should call it that. Uh, we might have a chat about blueberries and uh, mulching, because very important to do that with your garden at the moment. Do you say blueberries or blueberries? Blueberries. Is it? Uh, am I talking a different thing or? No, it's just my aussiness coming out. Blueberries, mate. Righto. Now, Scott, you've got a few things on the agenda today, cast-iron plants being one of them. Well, I have got a few things on the agenda. We've got a quorum to talk about. It's got a meeting here. It's all, it's all very good, the two of us. Uh, it's, it's all a big go today. Uh, yeah, so look, cast-iron plant, uh, botanical name is Aspidestra. It's actually a native to China and Japan. Uh, the reason I'm talking about it, uh, I've actually got one in the car at the moment. I'm taking it home for my right. house. yes. Yeah, he's looking down there. He's in the back of the car. It's uh, the reason I'm taking it home because it's one of the toughest plants you can actually uh, have in your house. Okay. Well, how, what do you mean by tough? Tough. Uh, hence the name cast iron plant because it is like it's made from iron. Right. But it is an attractive plant. But you just can't kill the things. They live in you know virtually you know no light. Uh, they will live in, in you know sunlight. Uh, I have seen them out in the full sun out in people's gardens, but they get pretty horribly burnt and they don't die. They just sort of get all washed out. Uh, so they're a, a plant that gets, uh, look, I would say about uh, two foot tall and it comes up on a long stalk with a, a big, beautiful green glossy leaf and that just seems to clump uh, from the pot and so you just get this really nice clump coming out. Uh, Yeah, it uh, will grow in very, very low light conditions. You can let them dry out as well. Uh, I mean, you really almost don't have to fertilise the buggers. Uh, I'm painting a very tough pitch. It's the sort of plant you could have in your home. So it's like a cactus almost. It is like a cactus, but a cactus that you can water. Um, because if you've got a cactus inside, they don't like too much water. Yep. Um, and they don't, they do like some light, but the cast iron plant, yeah, in almost darkness, uh, yeah, look, very little care and you'll have a fantastic plant for your, uh, you know, dark spot right. in your house. Sounds like a big tick in the box. It is a big tick in the box. So especially with the green glossy leaf, you can get a variegated variety of it, which means you get the yellowing through the leaves. Uh, but look for my pick, I prefer the, just the plain green one. Yep. Uh, just because it has that natural shine about the leaves. Uh, so when the leaves come up, they just come out, out of the uh, out of the soil, they uncurl, they're a little bit uh, lighter green at that time, but over time they harden up to that really green, hard, glossy green, um, green that they have. Excellent. And you can put them in cast iron pots? You certainly can. You can put them in terracotta, whatever, plastic, whatever sort of uh, pot you'd like, but I reckon in the old days they probably did have old cast iron pots and that's what they would have uh, planted them Which in. Which May have got the name from as well? Yeah, possibly that as well, yeah. Two coming together yeah a beautiful melding of plant and pot <laughs> and darkness in the house
0: and we've got irene from bright waters and she's got a question about the long
1: leaf wax plants irene how can we help you
2: oh right okay uh look scott i'm trying to reconfigure, reconfigure my garden yes. uh, from water hungry to uh drought tolerant plants and I've read up about uh, the longleaf waxflower plant. Um, I've got a really long driveway um, and I'm just sort of considering that maybe that might be the better choice.
3: What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, that's not a bad plant at all. The other plant is uh, a plant like Geraldton wax, which can be nice, uh, quite nice yep. for you. Uh, look, some people call it uh, native Daphne, um, the one that you're looking at, the longleaf waxflower. Uh, yeah Yeah so look a, a really nice little plant The trouble with natives though You just have to be careful About how you're fertilising them And if you want to keep them hedged uh, You have to prune them uh, I guess more often In smaller amounts Rather than uh, Let them get You know All rangy and out of shape And uh, then going that,
2: and- that you prune them just after flowering,
1: Scott? Yes, you absolutely do. That, and look, that's the rule of thumb with most plants out there. Um, so certainly once the plant has finished flowering, that's when you can go and give it a light prune. But generally okay. throughout the year, you just try and nibble away at it so it doesn't get all long and rangy and woody and then you go, oh, now I've got to prune that and because uh, right. you can often harm the... You know, they just don't like being pruned back heavily native. So yeah, it looks just some gentle pruning. It's fantastic.
2: Okay, and... and you know, I mean, uh, what I've read, it says that, you know, once established, uh, that they don't need any form of water. Is that true?
1: Look, that, look, most plants do need some sort of water, especially if we get those really, really hot days and extended periods of those hot days. Uh, but certainly once a plant is established, yes, you can cut back on the watering for it.
2: Okay, thanks for that. And look, just one more question, and that is um, I understand there's a whole different uh, species of the long leaf wax flower. Um, what would be the one you would recommend?
1: Oh, uh, look, I, I would uh, go to your – and the best – one of the best places to go to, uh, try and find a, a nursery that specialises in natives and just go and see what varieties they have there. Uh, you can get them in pinks as well, so they're a really nice colour to have if that's going to match in with your decor. Okay, fine. And,
2: and what's the name of the pink one?
1: Oh, you've got me on that one. I just, I just call it uh, Geraldine Wax in a pink form.
2: Oh, okay, fine. Oh, Scott, thank you so much. I really do appreciate that information. You know I'm
1: not much good with colours here, Irene.
2: Oh, right, no, but I do appreciate the fact that, you know, we need uh, to make sure we've got drought Tolerant
1: plants. Yeah, look, it is a really good way to still have beautiful, you know, hed- hedging type plant and just fill up the space rather than having grass as well. Uh, driving over here today, I noticed a, a garden outside a doctor's surgery where they'd actually, you know, rather than having turf there, they'd got a form of lamandra, which is a low growing grass, you know, it gets about two or three feet high, and they just filled up the whole space with that, and it looked really, really good.
2: Isn't that great? Yeah, it is yeah. a good idea at this point. Yeah, we have to be so conscious.
1: Yeah, we really do, and there are alternatives out there.
2: Thanks for that, Scott. Really uh, appreciate your help.
1: Thank you, Irene. Have a nice afternoon.
2: Thank you, bye. Bye
0: We've got Ian now from Walls End, and he needs advice about planting fruit trees.
1: Hello, Ian. How can we help you, mate? <laughs> oh, g'day, Scott.
3: Um, yeah, I was keen to plant, um, I've got some citrus in a uh, north facing backyard in Walls End. And I was keen to sort of maybe plant some apple trees or, and things like hazelnuts and maybe even blueberries. But they all say they need a certain amount of chill hours Yes, between you know seven hundred and fifteen hundred. I was wondering how many chill hours does Newcastle have?
1: <laughs> not that not that many to grow apples, uh, hazelnuts, and blueberries. I can vouch for blueberries; they'll do very, very well. Uh, apples. Okay. Uh, look, you hear stories about people who have them out around Cessnock, you know, and little hollows out around there, uh, where mm. you do get enough chill. But largely, it's west of the ranges uh, with apples. Uh, but look, people do—you know—they do get some results. So yeah, give it, give them a try. Uh, maybe just one apple plant or two apple plants, and let to see how you go. But huh? it, it is that we just don't have enough chill, uh, and often the the apples mm-hmm. that you do get uh, don't you know, turn out to Might be, be very big, good, yeah, or even big yeah. enough on the on the on the plant. Would the
3: uh, would the hazelnut trees go all right?
1: Yeah, look, I'd give them a try as well. Your best bet is going to be the blueberry, uh, mm. and look, certainly uh, all your citrus—they'll grow very well here.
3: Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Okay. No worries. Thanks. Sir. Okay. okay. Apologise
1: about the apple. People want to try and grow them, but uh, yeah, they just don't do too well. Uh, mate, look. I guess even uh, nectarines. Uh, you get a better result from nectarines or a mango tree here in Newcastle. Oh, mangoes will work. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, people grow mangoes here all the time. Uh, they probably yeah. fruit a little bit later than uh, you know, obviously up north. Uh, but mm. there is enough heat and warmth here to get decent mango crop out of your plant.
3: Oh. No taking up too much of your time, but can you a spalea or uh, a mango
1: tree? Oh, look, I guess you could. Uh, you won't get too many mangoes once you start doing that uh, because they oh, are okay. quite quite a large plant. But I've certainly seen mm. them kept pruned back to, you know, two to three metres tall, uh, just in a nice little canopy, and you get right. enough fruit off a plant about that big. Good
3: stuff. Oh, thanks, mate. Okay. Thanks for that, Ian. Have a good one. Have a nice Cheers. afternoon. Bye-bye
1: can't go wrong with mangoes, uh, can you? You can't go wrong with mangoes. Uh, they've been, I reckon, they've been especially nice this year. Well, the ones I've had have been, yeah, top shelf. Yeah, there's. I've had a couple, and I've got this theory about uh the big shopping centres mm-hmm. that often the fruit you get at the start of the season, let's say, like, say mangoes at the start of the season, have been held over from the season before in the cold room. That's just my theory. Oh, right. I'm Not making any allegations. I've just got a theory about it. Just a. Hypothesis. Yeah, and so when you get to this time of year, I think they taste a little bit better. Right, just a theory. Just a theory. Yes. Well,
0: I think they taste good anyway. So <laughs> they do. They regardless. do. Regardless. <laughs> Any other things on the agenda
1: today, Scott? Blueberries or blueberries. The blueberries, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I know. I've cut out when I, when I actually hear you say it to me. I've cut out an e, a couple of vowels, a couple of r's there, and I've just turned it into. Yeah. It's only really a game show at the moment. <laughs> it really is at the moment, but they are a lovely little plant. I was having a bit of a rave about them on Friday with Todd, and I thought I'd talk about them in a little bit more depth today, just how yep. great a plant they are, because they're so easy to look after. Very good for you, too. Yeah, apparently they're full of vitamin C. All oh, right, right. I knew they were full of vitamins, but wasn't yeah. quite sure which one of the alphabet they were. I think it's vitamin C, but look, the the taste of them, you'd think they'd be filled with all the joy of the world, wouldn't you? <laughs> Have a bit of, bit of cream as well, and I'm sure you're getting your dairy um, with, the, with them. All the mixtures, to, yeah, everything you need. Uh, look very easy that you can grow them in a pot at home. Uh, you don't need a you know a huge you know oh, plot okay. in yep. the garden. Uh, they get to about oh look, I'm doing the old hand thing again here. If okay. you let them. A bit of a hip height? Yeah, a bit of a hip height. They might get yeah, 80 centimetres tall or so. Yep. Uh, you can grow them out in the full sun. Uh, you can grow them in a little bit of shade as well, although I'd suggest you probably make that you know shade in summer after uh, three o'clock in the afternoon just to take the sting away. I reckon the only thing that actually comes and eats the blueberries are birds. They're the only little buggers that All I've right actually here. found coming and actually harming the plant in any way. So you could put them on your know, back veranda or something, or. Yeah, or c- certainly, yeah. Maybe not indoor, but. No, not indoor, back veranda. Uh, out in the full sun. If you look, if you have got a garden bed, um, you s- certainly can put them there. Probably not a fantastic looking plant, so it's not something you'd use as a, you know, as an ornamental plant yep. either, because they can, uh, you know, semi lose their leaves in winter. And people often come in and they're a bit worried about their blue root because it has, you know, oh, it's dropping some leaves in winter, but that's fine. They are semi deciduous. They're native to North America, oh,
4: um, so okay. I guess
1: up there you probably have to lose your leaves to survive because it gets a bit cold in places up a little there. A bit snowy. A little bit snowy and cold. And, yeah, look, just water them, fertilize them, uh you will get multiple blueberries off them. Uh, you can take the kids out there and pick them in the afternoon because you start you see them green one day, and by the next day they 've uh, turned they 've all gone dark blue dark blue blueberries they have they <laughs> and they 're primo taste, so look, I reckon if you had two or three plants you 'd get uh you know, more than enough to feed the whole family and probably the next door neighbours as well.
0: Oh, excellent. So, yeah. pretty easy.
1: Yeah. So, it, but if even if you just got the one plant, uh, it will be enough just to go out and have some fun every afternoon and get some vitamins. Exactly, get
0: all stains on your hands, get blue hands.
1: Yeah, not as bad as uh, mulberry trees. No, as... okay. Yeah, I remember as a kid climbing in mulberry trees and just having the, you know, the sort of the ready, purpley black all over. Yeah, yeah. What so, a time. What, what a... a
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> they, they certainly were. <laughs> it's Guardian Talk back on 2NURFM, and we've got Susan from Taralba, and she needs some advice about a lawn. Hello, Susan. How can we help you?
3: Hello. Hey, Hi, Scott. Hey. Hi. Um, we have a terrible fly problem. Uh, that just hovers over our lawn. Um, When you walk onto the lawn, they all lift off and fly around, but they seem to be very comfortable and in large numbers in our grass.
1: Okay, and and they're just sort of lurking around your grass, are they doing nothing else?
3: That's right, they're lurking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) H- hovering, sorry, they're actually hovering around your grass
3: Well, if there's movement out there, they, they start to fly around mm-hmm. And they don't fly very high, probably uh, half a metre yep, And then okay. they go back down
1: to the grass again That sounds like me, a little bit scared of heights, So I don't go much higher than that either <laughs> uh, Look, the only, thing, the only thing you can get out there and do is sort of spray willy-nilly uh, with a pesticide uh, Even a pyrethrum spray, because they're a little bit safer um, I okay. just don't necessarily suggest that if there's bees around because we, we like the bees. Yeah. Uh, but look, I would say to you, if they're not really doing any harm and you can't see them doing anything, I'd probably just leave well enough alone.
3: Well, the problem is it's a very small backyard and we have a very tiny back patio and it's our back door. So we, we sort of like have to rush in and out the door because the flies are active complaining about. Uh, okay. I, I mean they're lots.
1: <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, look at the, in that case I would get some pyrethrum and uh go out there and have a bit of a spray around. It might be worth doing it around dusk as well. Uh okay. yeah, when they become a little bit less active and if they're sort of sitting on the grass then you might be able to get a better shot at them.
3: A, we'll give that a go. That's great. Okay. Yes. All right, thank you.
1: Thanks for that Susan.
3: Okay, you're welcome. Cheers. Bye. Bye.
1: I'd be more worried if they were tsetse flies or you know bot flies or something like that. You hear sort of horrible ones coming out of Africa that do terrible damage. You don't want those ones. No, the tsetse fly. I remember, I used to play a video game when I was like I was a kid, and the tsetse fly would actually come and kill you. It was an Atari video game. Right. Yeah, I have to show you that one. Oh, it was yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Was there? A, are we sure that's a game. Yes, it was a Raiders of the Lost Ark game. Yes. Wow. Yep. Tsetse flies came and got Indiana. I'd
0: never realised like could... there was a game.
1: Yep. I think maybe are you thinking Pitfall. No, no, it was a uh, rather right, lost day. It was very pixelated. I'll give it back then. While I was only a young lad, but uh, yeah. So look, I really hope that Susan hasn't got the T. C. fly out there. I doubt she has here in Australia. I'm done with that, and the one that is responsible for the pig flu as well. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. No. Yeah, I don't like the idea of pigs dying. I no. like them. I like to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> it's Garthing and
0: back on Two R F M. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, and we've got Padma from Windale, and she has got a question
1: about blueberries. Uh, Padma, how can we help you?
5: Yeah, I got blueberry growing in my pot. Yes. And I grow with the camellia, azalea and rose potting mixture. Yes. And they grow very well and they don't grow too big in the pot, you know?
1: Yeah, they're really good. And look, you, yeah. know, you know the reason yeah. why you, they're doing well in that uh, camellia and azalea potting mixture yeah. is because blueberries yeah. actually do like a slightly yeah. acidic mix. Now, most potting mixes are, you know, neutral, slightly acidic, but when yeah. you get that camellia... Yeah, they are
5: not that good, but if you put that potting mixture, you don't need because the blueberries is self plant planted. Yes. I got the book here in the book. And they are self fertilizing plant, and they grow so good. And I got the like the winter time they lose the leaf. Yes, they do. And then it start flower after that winter. It start flower too when they lose the leaves.
1: Now, Padma, do you and get uh, you find any pest and disease, or do they look after mm-hmm. themselves pretty well?
5: Pretty well, they look after. Only you water them, and I put some, you know, coconut mulch. Yes, coconut rice mulch. I put that one, and it grows so good in the pot. My blueberry is covered with the fruit and everything. And I cover the, you know, the bed, you cover that thing for bed, white
1: Yeah, the the white netting, yes. I got
5: that cover from the Garden Express. Yes. And I cover it. And you put it in the sun. And it's so good and so much fruit. Yes. And the fruit is so tasty. You buy from shops, it's not that tasty.
1: Uh you, Now you, that's my theory again, as well. About I think they yeah. kept kept in cold rooms. So when you are buying, you know, you're, you're picking yeah. it off the tree, it's been ripened by the sun, and everything yeah. tastes really good. And like yeah. you said, the only thing that gets them is birds. I reckon. You know, no,
5: no, no. You cover it.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. but yeah, that's the only. That's the only thing I can think of that actually yeah. comes and gets them. But if you cover them, no problems.
5: No, and white cover. Yes. you cover it. I got from the Garden Express. Yes in the book I've seen and I got from them and I got the plant from there too. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, Padma. And they are a very small plant and very cheap too from there and they grow very well.
1: Excellent. Okay, well, thank you for that information, Padma.
5: Yeah.
1: Okay, we'll we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.
5: Bye. Bye.
1: It's always good when people come in and give us a bit more information. It is. I like to have the old tick of approval, the seal of approval. Exactly. Yeah, Certified a good plant. There we I go. do like you
0: can get blueberries in a pot, though, or you can keep them in a pot.
1: Yeah, look, uh, not a small pot. You want a fair, decent size because yep. when the plant's got all the fruit on there, you don't want it drying out you know, because you want those blueberries still being nice and juicy and moist. And if it dries out, the first thing that's going to obviously dry out is the fruit. And, so and, still a biggish pot. Yeah, and they'll shrivel up a little bit, which is probably not bad dry blueberries anyway. It's like sultanas.
0: This is a tick in every box at the moment. Yeah, it
1: really is, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Blueberry sultanas are onto something here. <laughs> it's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM 103.7. I've got time for a couple more callers. We've got Robin from Toronto, and she's got a question about standard roses. Hello, Robin. How
6: can we help you with them? Uh, well, it's got my son's bought five new standard roses, and a couple of them sending up long, tall stems. Should they be cut up and kept round like... You want
1: planted roses to grow? Yes, you should. And look, they're sending the long stems up from the head of the rose, aren't they? Not from below the graft. No, no,
6: no, the
1: head of it. Yeah, and look what variety did uh, as he uh, planted.
6: I don't know. I don't know they're standard
1: roses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, look, you can certainly cut those back. The most popular one is uh, standard iceberg rose. That's the white one, and they just keep on flowering all year round. You well, can he get. I
6: ordered
1: the white one. Yeah, okay. But so it, that's.
6: But you've got one white and four pink. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Look, and icebergs do come in blushing pink and uh, soft pinks as well. Uh, oh, th- right. Some people plant uh, hybrid tea roses, you know, the old fashioned sort of rose like Mr. Lincoln as a standard, yeah. and they do shoot up. Uh, you know, it can get quite big, but uh, with the uh, with the iceberg rose, yeah, look, just you can almost take to them with the shears and just keep them as a nice round ball, and uh, you'll mm-hmm. have a, a really nice plant. Uh, the main thing to do with them mm-hmm. is to try and keep them uh, hollow, almost in the middle, so that it's a cup shape and they're not growing into each other. Uh, I guess it's a bit of a, a trick with pruning roses, but mm-hmm. when you've only got a young rose, not so important. Uh, but after the first couple of prunings, you know, the rose will be getting a little bit more advanced, and you'll just try and keep it hollowed out in the middle so that it doesn't grow and cross itself and you get air in there so you don't get pest and disease forming in the centre of the rose. Oh right, I didn't
6: know that, no. And should you feed them with anything special?
1: Uh, Feed them, yes. There's a product called Sudden Impact which is a slow release uh, fertiliser you can use and uh, otherwise you'd use some poultry manure in uh, July and even a little bit in February. But if they're any young roses, I'd probably just stick with the Sudden Impact for the first year.
6: That's great. Thank you very much for that. I'll tell him all that that you've said.
1: Okay, relay it back to him. Thank you for that, Robin.
6: Thank you very much,
3: Scott. Thank you.
0: Bye. Bye. We've got Pat now from Swansea, and they've got a question about the
1: New Guinea Impatience Plans? Impatience Plans. Impatience Plans. Yeah, even it looks the way it reads, doesn't it? Pat, how can we help you? I'm...
4: I've got these impatience plants, Scott, and some have died, like wilted they have, and I don't know whether it's the hot weather or not. When they first started to wilt down, I pruned them a bit, and, well, the hot weather hasn't done them much good. And then I don't know whether I should water them, like, under the plant more or over it, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, look, I understand, Pat. Now, tell me, where have you got them planted? Are they in a shadier spot or are they out in the full sun? No,
4: they're out in full sun.
1: Okay, I reckon it's going to be the heat that's affected your uh, New Guinean patients in that case. Look, sometimes they can get a fungal disease, but I would say it, it hasn't been humid enough for that. It's just been very dry. Uh, as far as watering, yes, look, water around the base of the plant um, and certainly do that now. Pruning them back won't have hurt them. Uh, it might have been, even, in fact, reduced some of the stress on the plant. But yes, certainly water is going to be, be uh, the big thing with the New Guinean patients.
4: Water them around the base of the the root,
1: sort of thing. Yeah, and let that soak in. And um, when you cut them, you see how they're such a, a vascular plant, aren't they? They're full of water, yes, and they yes. really they really do need that moisture to actually even keep themselves upright and keep on growing. Uh, they don't, They're not a hard woody plant, so uh, you know if they dry out, they will droop like that and, and wilt away very easily.
4: Oh, I see right then, Scott. Thanks very much for your
1: help. That's all right, Pat. You can grow them in the shade as well if you want to, uh, but uh, in, you can eat patients. will grow out in the full sun, but you just have to be really careful about your watering.
4: I see. All right then. Thank you very much, Scott. Okay. Good.
1: Bye. You have a nice afternoon, Pat. Bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, Pat. Well,
0: Scott Sharp, that's all we've got time for another week.
1: I finished up already. Already. Okay. Done and dusted. It's like the year it's speeding past. It is. This year has flown. It has, hasn't it? I remembered it was the start of October, and now look where we are. Now it's almost the start of December. Very good. Almost. Almost Almost birthday time.
0: Almost. (laughs) Scott Sharp, well, we won't see you next week. You'll be off. Yeah, for birthday. Okay. Well, happy birthday for next week. Thank you. I'm being uh, spoiled next week. Very nice. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, that is all for guarding Talk. Back for another Monday...